0: All right, so Isaiah, that's where we're going to be at, the book of Isaiah, in uh, chapter 6. Oh, yeah. Chapter 6. If you're not familiar with the Bible, uh, Psalms is right in the middle. Uh, Maybe about a couple books over, about mm, three, I think, about three of them, three or four. It's the powerful book of Isaiah. All right, so in the book of Isaiah... Chapter 6, we're going to start right there in verse 1. In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord sitting on a throne, high and lifted up, and the train of his robe filled the temple. Above it stood a seraphim. Each one had six wings. With two he covered his face, with two he covered his feet, and with two he flew. And one cried to another and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory, and the posts of the doors were shaken by the voice of him who cried out, and the house was filled with smoke. So I said, Woe is me, for I am undone, because I am a man of unclean lips, and I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips, for my eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. Then one of the seraphim flew to me, having in his hand a live coal which he had taken with the tongs from the altar. And he touched my mouth with it and said, Behold, this has touched your lips. Your iniquity is taken away and your sins purged. Also, I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send and who will go for us? Then I said, Here I am. Send me. And he said, Go and tell this people. Let us pray. Father, we just thank you, Lord, for powerful word that you have here, Lord, and we just pray, Lord, that you just give us new revelation if we've heard it before. If not, Lord, we just pray, Lord, that so much here, Lord, we just pray your spirit just speaks to us, Lord. Bless your word. We praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Please be seated. Well, this morning, um, Went to this, uh, went to that men's retreat last weekend, and how God works changed up things around me. Um, really wanted, really pressed in my heart to um, read from this passage, and you know how God works, right? I was, Pastor Pattery told me a couple weeks ago, and I had something else in mind to, to teach on today. And I kept saying, really? Isaiah 6? So, Okay. But this is an awesome book, and I've been so blessed uh, to look at it again. And the Lord has really been speaking to to our church, really, regarding this particular subject. Uh, if you may or may not know, Isaiah is called to be the prophet of God, right. right? And for if you don't know what a prophet is, a prophet tells forth the word of God as well as foretell the works of God. That's the definition that I looked up for, right? Basically, he spoke for God. And that's 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 what he He speaks for God. He's speaking to the to the nation of of Israel. And uh, Isaiah, if you can notice, if you you know through the gospels, quoted in the most in 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 the the gospels. I mean, Isaiah's an awesome awesome uh, book, and and he had this um, calling on his life to basically tell the nation to return to the Lord. And he had a pretty tough uh, ministry because the people were, were, were not going to listen to him anymore. I mean, they're going to do things uh, that they want to do in their, in their own hearts, right? And they want to follow the Lord. As a matter of fact, at this particular time, uh, Israel split, north and in the south. Right? There's ten tribes in the north and there's two in the south, uh, uh, Judah and Benjamin. And here, it, and here in Israel, it, it, what's going on here at this particular time is now the Assyrian nation, the army, they're coming down, right, they're already, they're already in the north, they're coming through, and they, their plan is to go all the way through Israel and go towards Egypt, right, and, and, that part, and if you guys ever read about the Syrian army, man, they were wicked, they, they, were, they were wicked, I mean, you would think you, what's going on on TV right now, you would say, whoa, right, and that's why I love the Old Testament, because there's so much truth in it that we could really take from it today. You know, and 1 Corinthians tells you, right, we, we, we read the Old Testament for our examples to how to live today. And, and when you see what's going on there, the nation there is, this is the nation, right? This is Israel, God's people. And they're rebelling against God, right? I mean, if you look at their conditions, and we're going to look at another passage a little bit just for you could get it and see what I'm talking about, if you haven't read it in a while. Their conditions, really, it looks like conditions today, right? It really does. There's war. Right. You know, I was looking at this and, and two of my kids has never seen peace. We've been fighting war since 9-11, And my kids have not seen peace. And this is what the, this is what's going on around this area. I mean there's just war, there's the people who are just terrorizing. And, and right now our place in in, in, on, in in our world, people are against God, our our Lord. They think we're the oddballs, right? Yeah, I mean, our church is compromising. I told myself I wasn't get too excited about this, but the biggest church in the United States, the pastor and his wife get interviewed by Oprah and say that gay marriage is right around the corner. The churches, it's right around the corner. God loves them. God's gonna be okay. It's not okay. We, don't get me wrong, we, we, we love we love them. We want to love them. We want them to know Christ too. But this is what's going on in our world. That kind of same stuff was happening there. Just, they were just rebelling against what God wants the best for them. All right? God called Isaiah to show God's love, his mercy to the nation of Israel. God has called us to be that light of the world, so that we may glorify God. God has called us so that we can't talk to the people out there. I mean, all that stuff is going out here today in our our time. You got our brothers and sisters in the Middle East who are, are dying for their faith. But then you also got people here that work is hard, finances go up, families are breaking up, our kids are walking away from the church. But yet God has called each and one of us who know the Lord here to speak for him. We all gotta call him. I know not everybody's meant to be pastors and, and, and leaders, but we all should be able to share God's love for those out there who do not know the Lord. And there is a lot of people out there. We are to be the messengers for him. If that means in our, own, in our neighborhood, in our home, in our work, or if God is calling you to outreach, missions. That's between you and the Lord. But God has called us. I mean, it's, as, it's as, as simple as just talking to our babies and our grandchildren about the Lord. You don't know who the next Billy Graham may be, next Chuck Smith. All right. So this is what the Lord has been putting on our hearts. Actually, it's been on our hearts, for, on, our, on our church. That's what you see us really uh, going forward in, in, in outreaches because the, the Lord is coming soon. I mean, you guys know that right you guys know that you know as I was studying too I read this article before I go into this passage and uh, by uh, pastor Francis Chan and it was a good article but what he was talking about and it was funny I was reading I was studying and what he was talking about was that now we have so much podcasts and so much good teachers and and so much knowledge of the word of God but there's a little bit of a percentage of people going out basically saying we're getting bad on the world word, but we're not doing anything to share it with those people that are lost. You know, that, that, that was convicting. Right? But God is gracious, right? God is good, and he starts new today. Right? So this is where we're going to go this, this morning. And what I really would love for us to look at is see how Isaiah was called and how we could use this wonderful example in regarding our particular calling. So let's go to the word of God and let's see what, what, what he has to say to us this morning. Look at verse 1. This is the vision of Isaiah. Okay? This is awesome verse. Right In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord sitting on a throne, high and lifted up, and the train of his robe filled the temple. What I see here, look at this first one. This first one is the first thing he's telling you what he saw, and not just that, but he tells you when he saw it. If you notice there, he says, in the year King Uzziah. Now, the Lord don't put nothing in here for, for no reason, right? He's saying that in the year that the King Uzziah died, right? So Isaiah begins. Now, if you want to go there too, hold your spot, because we're going to be going back and forth a little bit. In 2 Chronicles, in 2 Chronicles 26, and I'm just going to read through it, he's going to tell you about this really popular king called King Uzziah. King Uzziah was a popular king. He's, he was like the king, right? He was like the man, right? He was love God. And I want I'm going to read through it and we're going to look through it because I was going to just tell you some points, but I would love for us to look at look at this to at least really get us a mindset what Isaiah is come, what he's looking at. 2 Chronicles chapter 26, verse 1, he says, Now all the people of Judah took Uzziah, who was 16 years old, and made him king instead of his father Amaziah. Sixteen years old. He became king. So that I mean they just say, hey, sixteen year old. I mean they must have saw him growing up. That's why we're so much love to teach the word of God here from the children's on up. As a matter of fact, on the side note, if if our, your children go to our children's ministry within two years, they'll go through the Bible. I mean before they get to I'm sorry, junior high, they'll get, they'll go through the Bible twice. So we sixteen years old is king. And for fifty two years, fifty-two years. Right, look at verse two. He built Elath and restored it to Judah after the king rested with his father. Uzziah was sixteen years old when he became king and reigned fifty-two years in Jerusalem. His mother's name was Okay, I'm gonna have a hard time with these names. Jecoliam of Jerusalem, and did what was right in the sight of the Lord, according to all that his father Amaziah had done. He did what was right before the Lord. Man, wouldn't you love our, our nation to be like that? I mean he did he was a spiritual leader. He not just he led the nation. He asked God for all direction. All right? Verse 5. He sought God in the days of Zechariah, who had understanding in the visions of God, and as long as he sought the Lord, God made him prosper. That was a good leader. Right? He sought God, spiritual things, and you know if you have a good leader, they're going to follow example of the leadership. Look at verse uh, 6. Now he sent out uh, and made war against the Philistines and broke down the walls of Gath, the wall of Jamneh and the wall of Ashdod, and he built cities around Ashdod among the Philistines. God held him against the Philistines, against the Arabians who lived in Baal, and against the Midianites. And the Ammonites brought tribute to Uzziah, his fame spread as far as the entrance of Egypt, for he came exceedingly strong. So he, and the, the Lord fought the enemies of Israel. Not only did they regain the ground they lost, but they made, they made sure their, their fortress the walls were secure. Everybody wants to be secure. You see what's going on in the nation. We want, we want security. And that's why he, he built the walls. The ladies are going to the book of Nehemiah. They know what I'm talking about. They, the wall needs to be built. Our spiritual walls need to be built. So he, he's, So look at this leader. He's He's not only leading spiritually, but he's also make, having them feel secure by, by beating the enemies. The Lord's fighting the battles for him, right? The Lord goes before us always, so he's strong. Look at 9. And Uzziah built towers in Jerusalem at the corner gate, at the valley gate, and the corner buttress of the wall. Then he fortified them. Also, he built towers in the desert. He dug many wells for he had much livestock, both in the lowlands and in the plains. He also had farmers and vine dressers in the mountains and in Carmel, for he loved the soil. They were working. <laughs> they were eating. They're, 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 pro- they're progressing, they're, they're prospering. All right? He did all the, They had water, they had food, they, they're, they're, they're living good. God again, being a nation led by God. Verse 11. Moreover, Uzziah had an army of fighting men who went out to war by companies according to the numbers of their role and prepared by the j- jail, the scribe, and Maseah, the officer, under the hand of Hananiah, one of the king's captains. The total of his chief officer of the mighty men of valor was 2,600, and under the authority was an army of 307,500, and made war with the mighty power to help the king against the enemies." Then Uzziah prepared for them for an entire army, shielded spears, helmets, body armor, bow, and slings to cast stones. And he made devices in Jerusalem, invented by skillful men, to be on the tower in the corners to shoot arrows and large stones. So his fame spread far and wide, for he was marvelously helped till he became strong. So he had like a great army. People were inventing that catalog. I mean, they were, they were secure. They were, so they had a spiritual leader. There, everybody was working. Everybody was, having, you know, being uh, prosperous. They, felt they had this army. They had an awesome leader. I mean, we look at our history. We could see that. When we were really, uh, uh, our leadership, our presidents were following the Lord. We, were, we've been, we have been. We still are a blessed nation. Right? So think about that as we go forward. But look at verse 16. He's only, he's only a man, right? He's still just a man. That's why we can't keep our eyes on men, but on God. Look at verse 16. It says, but when he was strong, his heart was lifted up to his destruction, for he transgressed transgressed against the Lord, his God, by entering the temple of the Lord to burn incense on the altar of incense. He got prideful. He got prideful. And look at 18. And they withstood King Uzziah and said to him, it is not you, Uzziah, to burn incense to the Lord, for for the priests, the sons of Aaron, who are consecrated to burn incense, get out the sanctuary, for you have trespassed. trespassed. You shall have no honor for, from the Lord God. Then Uzziah became furious, and he had senses in his hand to burn incense. And while he was angry with the priests, leprosy broke out on his forehead before the priests and in the house and of the Lord, besides the, in, in the incense altar. And Azariah the chief priest, and all the priests looked at him, and on his forehead he was, had leprous. So they thrust him out of this place. And did he also hurried to get out because the Lord had struck him. And I'll continue that. King Uzziah was a leper until the day of his death. He dwelt in an isolated house because he was a leper for he was cut off in the house of the Lord. Jotham, his son, was the, over the king's house judging the people of the land. Now the rest of the acts of Uzziah was the first last and the prophet Isaiah's son of Amoz Emma, wrote. I didn't want to go that far, but so what he had, what happened here was, he reigned for fifty-two years. He's still a great king, and be, he, pride entered him. So he was to, to his till to, to the day he died. He still ruled because God put grace upon him. He still ruled. But what he did was, his son Jotham was ruling, and his son Jotham was not as strong. He was weak. He tried to do what was right, but he was weak. Because the next verses, you'll see that the. the Everybody started acting corruptedly. Now let's go back to where we're at, and I'll finish what we're talking about. Back to Samuel. So this, that's the condition of the nation. Uzziah just died. Jotham now is going to be the new king, and he's weak. Because he's weak, now the spiritual people are, are, are not following God like they were. Uzziah here, in, back to Isaiah chapter, uh, verse 1, Uzziah now, he's, the first thing he sees is, oh my gosh, our king is dead. What are we going to do? Now think about this. It's not like it's just some, or, 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 or a guy who does not know the Lord. Uh, Isaiah knows the Lord. But yet, he, 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 right here, he's thinking, man, our nation's going to collapse. We lost our one true king. You know, if you think about back in 9-11, and I, and I wasn't a believer back then. When 9-11 happened, that's what happened. When, when, when I remember watching TV and the plane crash, and the first thing I, I said to myself was, oh, my gosh, we're going to go to war. All right, and you know a lot of friends of mine who are Christians. They told me the churches were packed. That added services, because they because they right, they they knew, they knew. Oh my gosh, this is this is huge. But right here, in verse in the beginning, of verse one. Isaiah was saying, "Who's going to sit on the throne? Who's going to sit on the throne?" Well, look who's sitting on the throne. Then he says in verse one. I love this verse right here. I saw the Lord sitting on a throne. Many times, brothers and sisters, the, the Lord got to move things out of our lives that we're putting before God, our idols. It could be your, it could be your job. It might be the, my, our government, where if you're relying on our presidents and stuff like that and our senators. But many times, God has to take something away so that you can see God. Because sometimes we could just we look at the wrong things. Sometimes we get so stressed over jobs, or our kids, situ, our family situation. We forget who's in, who's on the throne. Look at verse one again. He's sitting. He's not look, standing up. Oh my gosh, what am I right? He's sitting on the throne. And finally, when he removed them, now, now Isaiah he could see who's sitting on the throne. It's our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, right? Because he says, you know what? Who it wasn't Uzziah on the throne. It was God on the throne the whole time. God used Uzziah to do all those things we just read in Second Chronicles. Now, if you look at that word "Lord" right there in, in Isaiah, in verse one, I should say, the Lord sitting. That word "Lord," if you look it up in the Hebrew, as Adonai, which is only used of God. That's, that's God. Back in John chapter twelve, verse forty-one, when they are talking about this passage, in verse forty-one it says. These things right here, Isaiah said when he saw his glory and spoke of Jesus, him. So this is Jesus. So he saw Jesus on the throne. Because there's no way we could see the Father, because you know the Bible says we're, you know, we're we are sinners. We we can't see him. We will die. So he's he saw the Lord, right? The Trinity. He saw God sitting on the throne. We read that through Revelations. It was an awesome teaching about Pastor Pat. So he's so right there he's saying. And look at that. And he says, high and lifted up. High and lifted up. When things are going wrong, we need, we need to see Jesus. We need, we need to see Jesus when stuff goes wrong in our life. Right? We shouldn't worry about things. We worry as Christians. We need to know Jesus is on the throne. He's on the throne. And, he's, and I hear what it says in high and lifted up. And look how it describes. I love this verse, right? as you can see. And the train of his robe filled the temple, Right, and most of the time, that time when you see the kings, the longer the the the, the robe, the trailer robe, the more powerful he was. And really, what that symbolizes, because really, when it's really powerful, that means right, you have to have a lot of people holding, your, be servants, right? So they're not worried about nothing. The servants, they gotta go this way, we'll go that way, right? They're gonna go that way. And a lot of you ladies know, right? You got, when you have your wedding, your 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 bride, your, your your wedding dress, you always have somebody holding you back, right? Right. This symbolizes. Uh, someone is being served. So he's in heaven; he's being served, right? One of these things we need to ask ourselves: How do we see the Lord? All right? How do we see the Lord? And this is this is what God is teaching Isaiah. He's teaching us right now: I'm in control. I'm sitting on the throne. I never left this throne. I'm in control, and we can look to that when we see things. We see these terrorists. We see stuff going on. We see the economy falling down. We see these our, our leaders that are, are compromising. God's in control. If anything, this this morning, don't. For, please, don't. God's in control. See Jesus and everything. All right. Look at verse two. Above it stood seraphim. Each one had six wings. With two he covered his face. With two he covered his feet. And with two he flew. Surrounding the throne of God were and angels, known as seraphims. Now, seraphims are ministering angels, which means burning ones. Right? They're like flames. Right? And and here it's relating to the holiness of God on this throne. Uh, and there are some who believe that the seraphims are also are the living creatures that we read when we were going through Revelation chapter four. And then some people uh, think it's also the cherubim as well. And when you look it up, I was looking it up. They both talk about flames. Don't matter. God's on the throne. So, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> i let that to theologians. Right? All right, Seraphim, look, if you look at the description here, when he's talking, he has six wings. He has six wings, and he looked like flames, like I just mentioned. And, they, and so if you notice, two of them covered his face, and two of them covered his feet. The two that are covering his face, I mean, God is, think about these angels now. Later on in, in, in Isaiah, you'll see that one angel killed 185,000 Assyrians. Powerful angels. And he's so humbled. Beautiful light. Seeing the Lord that he, I can't even see you. Right? I can't even see you. That's how much he's bowing down. Worshiping, we talked about that before. I mean, he's bowing down. He's, he's worshiping. He's seeing this beautiful light. He's just, bones he's covering his eyes. Humility. So Isaiah is saying, wow, this angel is really Look at this. Angel. He's just bowing down and he's covering his feet because remember, I'm not even worthy to walk where you're at. All right? I'm not even worthy. If you guys remember that Moses and Joshua, they both said the same thing when they, when they encountered with the Lord. The Lord said, take off your sandals. Right? This is holy ground. And then, and then the wings are there just are showing the uh, a willingness and availability to serve God. Wherever God tells them, they're going to go. So think about this. So I was there, and I was seeing this. You know, I, I look at this all the time. And, and how do you describe this? I mean, I think about. I was there. You know, sometimes I hear people say, "Well, if I go to the Lord, you know, I'm gonna worship." I think I'm gonna be like, I, I see these angels, And I until He calls me. Oh. <laughs> right? There's no way. God is. God is. God is. Holy, He's a holy God. And he's the worthy of all our praises. So I love when Brother Dave is leading us in worship. It's like, oh, God, we're going to be doing that forever. It is, oh, he's so good. All right? Look at verse 3. In verse 3 it says, And one cried out to another and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. Here the angels are expressing to each other the holiness the holiness of the one and only Supreme God all right, the king of kings the Lord of Lords and they're seeing that you know you get some different interpretations but I'm, I'm the one that believes that holy 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 says three times because it's probably the it's possibly this for the three persons in one God here the Trinity all right so it's holy 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 I mean I, I'm not there I can't see it but I, I'm not going to make anything out of anything it's what it says here and but no, no matter what they're expressing the holiness of God. They're just looking at. As a matter of fact, if you look up the word holiness, the root word here is apart, partners, right? And, it's just, and it describes someone, something. Here's the definition: set apart from others or things. He is Almighty God. He is the Lord. set apart from all creation. He's not a cre- creature. He's never. He's, he's always has been. He's always been there. He's holy, right? And the word holy here means for us, it means to be set apart. And really what it means, set apart for sacred service. All right? Sacred service. Isaiah's getting this. Isaiah's looking at it. He's getting, when he's getting called, we're called. He's getting this. And now I'll read a couple of quotes in the New Testament. 1 Peter uh, chapter 1, 15 through 16 says, But as he, that's the Lord, who called you is Holy. You also be holy in your conduct because it is written, be holy for I am holy. So he tells us, be holy. Don't be like the world. Be separate. Hebrews twelve fourteen. it says, pursue peace with all people and holiness. Now here's, without which no one will see the Lord. Okay. No one will see the Lord without it. We, got it. we have to be separate. We cannot be like the world. And then in the end of that verse where it says um, the whole earth is full of his glory, his glory is manifested on the earth right there, Romans 1.20, for since seen, being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and godliness, God is holy. Brothers and sisters, he is a holy God. And those, you know, when we see the Lord and, and, and we see the throne, I believe most of you are saved. No, Lord, at one time you had to see God. And we cannot forget he is holy, and he's on the throne. And and this is what is being described here for us, too, but to Isaiah from God. He's he's, he's the almighty God. Look at verse 4. And the posts of the doors were shaken by the voice of him who cried out, and the house was filled with smoke. These mighty, powerful angels are willfully praising and worshiping the Lord. When you look at that word shake, it's talking like a violent shake like a violent shake. So they're just praising God, and it's shaking up there, right? It's shaking up there, right? And when you look at the word smoke, it represents, because remember, you've got to remember, in the altar, they're burning incense or from the prayers, but it's also, it represents the presence of God. If you look at the Old Testament, you know, they, the smoke would always represent God, and His kind of glory. You know, like I said earlier, how t- to describe heaven? Uh, woo! if you want to look at some really good stuff to see a uh, description of heaven, also look in Exodus. I believe it's 39 and 40 where, he's, where Moses is told to, to, to measure out what heaven looks like in the tabernacle. And it gives you some really nice, some really details on how, how it looks. So here's, here's the angels. See, because now, now I, th- I believe Isaiah is starting to get convicted. Now look at verse 5. So I said, woe is me, for I am undone, because I am a man of unclean lips, and I dwell in the midst of people of unclean lips. For my eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. In the sight of, of a holy God, Isaiah now sees himself as a sinner and confesses before the God. I mean, if you look at, if you've seen God, and you've seen the angels and everything, and he's like, oh my gosh. When you look at that word, um, um, Isaiah is saying right there, woe the, is me, for I am done done. It's a hard one to translate, but basically, what he's saying, I'm a dead man, right? Uh, I, I'm a dead man. I, I'm unglued. There's no hope for me. I, you know, I, 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 I'm, I'm, a, I'm, I'm not worthy to be up here, all right? He really, the light always will show who we truly are, right? And, and, and look at what he says there also. Where he says, and look what he says, because I am a man of unclean lips. All the things he says, right? Because I am a man of unclean lips. He's just thinking about his speech. You know, our speech really represents really what we're thinking. Because in, in, in Matthew uh, chapter twelve, it's for out of the abundance of the heart the mouth speaks. Also in James chapter one verse twenty six, if anyone among you thinks he is religious and does not bridle his tongue, but deceive his own heart, this one religion is useless. This is a very convicting one. Let me tell you. Basically, he's saying, "Oh my God, what coming out of my mouth is not of God." You know, as Christians, we need to guard our mouths. We really do. We need to protect our mouths. What we say, and that's something that we, you know, the movies we watch, the things we say, you know, it's it's very influential. And believe me, I, I work too. I know how it is when we're at work. And all that talk, it, it, we need to guard ourselves. We really do, because what's coming out of our mouths is really what's coming from your heart. And that's what Jesus tells us, that's what James tells us. As a matter of fact, when you read James chapter 3, he talks about this little tongue of ours, how, how it starts, little kindles a flame. So here's what, he's think, here's what he's saying, he's saying, oh my gosh, I, I'm awful. You know, when I, I, I became a Christian, <laughs> I, was, but I wasn't even a Christian yet. And this is the heathen to the bone now. Uh, I was scared of talking church. I remember when I was going to, I was going to another church and you know, I was going to church because I wanted, I love my wife, I wanted to go, you know, hey, you want to go to church, I'll go with you. And I was, because I didn't know, I didn't know how to express anything without, my verbs were limited. <laughs> I, uh, oh you guys too. So here I am. Good morning. Doing good, how are you? I'm serious. I'm not. Being, I was scared. I really was because it just came out, All right? It just came out. By the grace of God, He took that from me. Not that I'm perfect. Not that I'm perfect, All right? But I was truly, truly scared to talk. And that's someone who did not know God. Right? That's someone who thought I'm good enough. I don't need God. Here's Isaiah, a godly man, godly men and women here, All right? We know that um, we need to guard our mouth because we're representing the Lord. uh, We're we're called, and people are watching us. But don't forget, if you are struggling with that, God is gracious. Never forget God's grace. And when we blow it, you know, when we blow it, we need need to tell our family, our friends, I'm sorry, our work, I'm sorry. You know, I'm still, I'm a working process, right? Be humble. And just and It's okay. You need to watch it. You're a living Bible at work or wherever you're at. And he says here, let's continue on that verse 5, he says, and I dwell with unclean lips people. Unclean lip people, he's saying. He saw the nation in need of repentance also. But if you notice, he didn't see that till after he saw his own sin. That's what's powerful about this, that little part you could skip right over, right? Before Isaiah could be sent out by the Lord, he sees to see his own sin, right? It's easy for me to say, well, at least I'm not like that guy. But then that guy I say, at least I'm not like Reuben. <laughs> All right? All right? Right? And after he sees this, he sees, who he sees, he sees the light exposes himself, right? He sees, when you're by the light, and you'll see it. You know, I know, I work these crazy hours. I get up dark in the morning. It's so dark. And I could leave, and all of a sudden, my my I got the wrong shoes, or my my hair is cold. My wife tells me, "Hey, what, what we go back in there, right? Right? Oh yeah, the lights down here a lot better, right? The light is always exposed, and that's what's happening here, right? That's what's happening here. God is good, He is. He is so good. Look at verse. Look at verse six. Here's what you see now. The cleansing of Isaiah, All right. Isaiah chapter verse six. Then one of the seraphim flew to me, having in his hand a live coal which he had taken with the tongs from the altar. Verse seven. And he touched my mouth with it and said, "Behold, this has touched your lips. Your iniquity is taken away and your sins purge." And always upon confession. Always upon repentance. God right away, he will forgive, he will just totally eliminate your sins. He forgives you, he cleanses you. The minute you say, Lord, forgive me, he will wash you, he will cleanse you. And this is a very powerful verse also as well. The whole thing is really, right, right. so in verse 6 and 7, he's surrounding the throne of God, these seraphims, and you think about these angels. They couldn't even touch it, this coals. They needed tongs, right? These powerful angels. So they got these coals, uh, and they put it in the altar, and the coal here is represent the sacred fire of the Holy God. You know, and, and there's a lot of different thing, theories of what this means, right? But, and then when you look up that word, altar, it does mean sacrifice, sacrificial altar. It's the heaven of God, how, how that works in this particular passage. I could, you, you're seeing it as right? good as well as I am. Bottom line is what it says. What I see out of that particular passage right there is that he's t- God sent him. Like angels could only move when God sent them. Your iniquity is taken away, and your sins are purged. Oh, that's such a beautiful feeling. You know what? Sometimes we could be struggling with this in our own lives, All right. And you know, we, we do. We struggle God's grace and forgiveness in our lives, even after we know the Lord. And here, that's what he's, he's you now. He knows the Holy God. Let's look at, and I'm gonna try to share with you what's on my heart and this particular guess where we're heading at. Look at keep your spot there as well. And if you if you like, please go to first John chapter one. 1 John chapter one. I might be reading this stuff and you might be saying Wow. I'm blowing it. I'm blowing it. But our God Our Lord Jesus Christ is a gracious, loving God. He's holy, though, right? And he cleanses our sin. Look at chapter 1, 1 John, the New Testament, chapter 1, and just look down in verse 5. Verse 5 of chapter 1 of John says, this is the apostle John speaking, this is the message which we have heard from him, that's the Lord Jesus, and declared to you that God is light and in him is no darkness at all. If we say that we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. Verse 7, But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have, all, we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. Verse 8, If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say we have not sinned, we make him, Jesus, a liar, and his word is not in us. God gives us his grace and always confesses us through our boo-boos. Our our boo-boos. Maybe, I don't know, maybe maybe you're coming here today and, and... and you've been struggling, you think, you know, I blew it and I however that means to you. And God cannot God God God's God mad at me. He don't love me no more. That's a life of the pit of how he loves you. He loves you. And, he, and all he's saying here in this in this in these verses, especially if you notice, look at verse five of the first John. It says, But God is light. He's light. That same light we're talking about, we look at Isaiah. And in him there's no darkness at all. There's no darkness at him at all. But it's, in verse 7, it says, but if, a choice, if we walk in the light, we need to walk in the light. We need to be having the Lord Jesus Christ clo- it always n- near us at all times. We need to have him always in our, in, in our heart. Because why? Because at the end of verse 7, on 1 John, it says, Blo- the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sins. And that word, when you look at it in this context, it means continued cleansing. It continues cleansing. Lord, I blew this. Please, I confess it to you. Don't, don't see it no more. It's like, like taking a shower. You gotta take a shower every day. I hope we gotta confess every day. (laughs) Right? We gotta confess every day. Right? We do, and we need to understand the love that He has for us. Right? We need to have that. He is, He's, He's, He's a holy God. He's righteous. You know, many times we wonder why our prayers aren't answered or why we're struggling. It's because we're, we're not in the light. And it says right here, if we're not in the light, where are we? We're in the dark. There's no middle ground. Either you're with them or you're not. There's no there's, there's no middle ground. And, and God is gracious again. I want to continue to say that because he is. And every time we mess up, and we all mess up, we need to go before the Lord. And it's washed. Don't see it no more. Just like when our kids messed up and you know you're... I'm sorry daddy. Oh, <laughs> Why not God? Why not God? It's freedom, brothers and sisters. We have freedom. Freedom, right? But what's the key to that part? You need to stay in the word. You need to stay in the word. We need we are I need to stay in the word. We need to pray. That's our lifeline. And we talk about this all the time. We need fellowship. And, and here's another thing if you miss church or you miss the men's women's or something and, and, and you feel like oh I've been gone I can't come we love you we love you don't be hard on yourself we're harder on ourselves than the, the Lord is and we can sometimes say and most time it is we can say it's spiritual warfare no it's the flesh but if you're in the light God will lead you God will guide you God has a purpose for our lives and he's an awesome God I love Jesus. Right? So we need to be humble and realize that Jesus Christ is Lord, and if we don't, brother, we fall back. It's either one or the other. Let's go back to Isaiah. So that if you are struggling, Jesus loves you. We love you. Now here's his commission, and this word this is what the whole thing is leading to here. Verse eight of Isaiah. Also, I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send? And who will go for us? Then I said, Here I am. Send me. Isaiah, he saw the Lord. Right? He wasn't worried about King Uzziah no more. He saw the Lord sitting on the throne. Because once we know that those things that we put before God, once we clear it up, you will see God. And after you see God, and you and you com- and you confess the Lord when you when we're having our days. Now you're gonna hear from the Lord, right? Now you're gonna be able to hear clearly. no confusion. I was that from was it? Really? No, once you will you will know, you'll know that you'll know that you'll know, right? So now he can, Now that he's been cleansed, he can really truly hear the voice of God, all right? And I tell you what, uh, had a challenging week, and my brother. Continue to share this post. One of my favorite verses, Psalms forty six ten. Be still and know that I am the Lord. Thank you, Brother Gary. All right. Be still, and that means, I mean, really, real still, not still. I mean, still, still, and hear God's voice, and He will always lead you in the right path. Clear direction, clear purpose. Now he knows. Isaiah now, he's, he's about, he got touched by the fire of God. He's able to hear his voice. He sees God. And now he has direction. He sees people are in need. He, started, he mentioned it earlier. Matter of fact, I mentioned it earlier in the previous chapter. He's already, he's already telling them their, their future by the, by the revelation of the Lord. Right? So he has clear path. When we do that, we have clear path. And look at still in that same verse where it says, The Lord, whom shall I send? God is asking for willing people. He's, willing, he's asking for willing people, right? Who's going to reach out to the world? Who's going to represent God? Who has the heart of God? Who sees the things that will be used by God? All right? And note here that this doesn't mean that he doesn't, he doesn't know. All right? God knows. There's no time. He knows. But what he's doing there, he's searching for willing hearts. All right? He's searching for willing hearts. And he wants, you to, he wants availability. You know, you know what I'm saying? I, I, when I, asked, when I, I, I love my wife. When I asked her to marry me, I mean, she, I love her. But that's why I say, will you marry me? <laughs> she knew. Right? She knew. Same heart, right? She knew. And that's what God wants from us. God knows what you're going to do. Right? But he wants you to be available. And he wants you to say, who? All right? Who will, who will go for me? And if you look at that word, you could, could easily pass it. Whom shall I send? And who will go for us? That word us, once again, is showing the trinity, the Godhead. Three in one. Because no angels, because angels, they they just listen. They they, they just do what God tells them. And finally, uh, here I am. Send me. God initiates, and we respond. We can't send ourselves. God sends us, and we respond. It's because he's hearing God's voice and he's seeing God's uh, uh, he could finally hear him. Once God, God, God has touched once God has touched your life, he, you know, he wants us to touch others. Matthew nine thirty seven says it's Jesus. Then he said, then he said to his disciples, The harvest truly is plentiful, but he labors, but the labors are few. All this right here, if you know if you see these verses that I just read, this is Isaiah's testimony. If you really look at it, same as us. We knew we were in need. We saw God. We repented. We confessed. We could hear God. There's, there's no difference here in the calling. All right? We could look at Isaiah. We could look at uh, Moses, Abraham, the disciples, and think they're different. They're different, but look at Isaiah. He was doubting. He would say, oh, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? I don't see the king no more. Right? He's no different than us. He's no different. And this is a wonderful example because he's showing the testimony of, of Isaiah. We have a testimony. Think about it. That's why we like to have testimonies up here. So that others can see what God is doing in someone's life. You have a testimony and God wants to use us all to be called out to, to the lost, to those in hurting. Uh, remember a couple of weeks back, maybe it's a little farther than that, um, uh, uh, Brother Tim came up here, right? Tim and Heidi, but Tim came up here and he was sharing uh, about the Hope Shelters and the outreaches that we're doing here in our church. And it was it was a it was a beautiful thing to see what what God is doing, right? And it's and it's not him. I mean, if you guys know Tim and Heidi, they're, they're a beautiful servants. And I know they're very humble. They probably wouldn't they probably wouldn't like that I'm saying I'm saying this for him, but. I will, because I know it's God using him. It's not Tim. It's God, Jesus Christ in him, just like Isaiah had God in him. And he's and he's using them. And a mighty He ministers to people that are going to things that he never even saw. You know, right? You would think, you know, these these problems that he didn't go, I was talking to him, he, he didn't know anything about uh, drinking and, and stuff like that. But he's ministering to these people by the love of God, right? This, that's, what, that's what church is calling each one of us here to do. Because if you look at this, right, think about this, because I—I I, believe me, I, I know it's like, man, am I really called? What am I called to do? Stuff like that. But think about this. We have a testimony no different. We have a calling no different than Isaiah, right? God is looking for a messenger. He really is looking for a messenger, right? He wants men and women to, to bear the message, I heard about the, there was a, a successful, it was a, a blessing, I should say, it's a better word, the women's did for the, the baby shower. They showed up. That's called, that's doing something for the Lord, right? And I know, I love you all, you my sisters here. I know you guys have busy weeks with us with men and our, the kids. And then you go out there and serve. God sees that, right? God sees that. And I want to encourage all of us, right? We're in, you might say, oh, man, you know what? i got these problems. God works with imperfect people. We all have... He, God, but you know what? God prepares us. God prepares us to do the, well, the, the stuff for the Lord. right? And he, Just like here, in, in, in our lives, he reveals himself to Isaiah because, remember, he saw the king. Isaiah didn't say, oh, man, my, my, my language. I can't go out there, like I was doing, right? Oh, I can't do that. I can't because you know I'm scared to talk. God will take that from me. God will take that from you, so he used God, so he had to see that, right, he didn't use himself as being disqualified, God is seeking someone to share God's love, mercy, and the only person that's going to be able to express that is someone that's gone through heartaches, someone that's gone through losing a job, look what God, I lost my job, I lost all this, but look what God has done, right, my marriage is falling apart, we're about to get a divorce, but God restored our marriage, God, my, my, my kids, they weren't walking with the Lord no more. They're into this craziness. They're on the worship team. They're, on, they're out in their outreach. That's the only way that we're going to be able to send out that message because we've gone through a lot of this stuff. So we think we're disqualified. That's, that's, that's a lie, again, from the pit of hell because you, know you know the enemy's going to be telling you something or our flesh is going to be saying, I can't do it. God's going to do it. God's going to do it through us so that he may be glorified. And, and the Lord has been really speaking to our church, really speaking to me personally. We, time is short. I, I, we were just talking about in the beginning how what the world was out there and all this despair, this sadness, people, you know, depression, people being depressed. But the Lord wants to use us because we, we got a, per, a wonderful testimony how God got us through it. All of us do, right? All of us do. We could, it's a beautiful thing to see how God wants to use someone like Someone like us, and the only way that's going to happen is if you listen to the Lord and know, and know that you are usable. We are usable. And maybe right now you're still thinking, yeah, I passed but I got this or that, or the other, and there's some people at my work and, or my place that I don't know how to, I don't know how to talk to them. I'm going to read to First Corinthians if you want to look at it. And this, will, this is something that will really ties to what we're talking about right now. And then we, this will be our last reference before we get really closer. 1 Corinthians chapter 1. Remember, the, 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 the church of Corinthians was a very uh, a church that was uh, very carnal. Not very carnal. But look, if you look at chapter 1, 1 Corinthians in the New Testament, it says, verse 26... and the things which are not to bring to nothing the things that are, that no flesh should glory in his presence, but of him you are in Christ Jesus who become for us wisdom from God and righteousness and sanctification and redemption. That is, it is written, he who glories, let him glory in the Lord. (laughs) When I look at this, Foolish things of the world. Right? <laughs> Foolish things. But if you look at that first verse, you are called. He's not saying some of you are called. He's saying the only pastors are called. He said we are called. We have opportunities to join the worship for here in our church. Worship, if you, if you feel led, talk to Brother Dave, pray on it. If the doors don't open in the moment, the doors will open if it's God's will children's ministry. We have a lot of opportunities to serve God there. VBS, we're praying on that. The outreach is right now we're praying for a a possible mission trip or something. We're praying for many things. We want to outreach the lost. There's a lot of lost souls out there. And there's a lot of hurting brothers and sisters that have not been in church for a while. So if if you're thinking, I can't do it, I can't do it. Yeah, you can't. But you know who can? God can. God can. And he just wants someone to be used. And if, if you haven't been in fellowship or you haven't, you could be restored, you ask the Lord of confession, and he will use you in a mighty, powerful way. Why? Because he is, tr- tr- he is, uh, he is uh, true to his word. He is true to his word. So that's, one, that's our prayers. Our prayers is that our church, that we could able to come alongside everybody here to be able to know what their calling is, to go out and serve the Lord whatever God is calling you to do just trust in it, just trust in it you know I'll share this one more story uh when i became when I finally became a christian uh this guy discipled me and i I was just happy just to just to be just, just to help him and and then he wanted he told me that uh to lead the men ministry, man my heart was pumping like there's no to man it was like ha ha, right it was I said, oh no, you're wrong. Oh no, you got the, you got the wrong guy. right? But God pressed it and I knew, because I was new in the Lord. I knew I was being disobedient if I didn't go forward. And you know what? The whole time it's been God. Cause all I read was a sports section before this. <laughs> you probably could tell. But that's all I read. I, that's, that's it. That, that's all. I love sports. That's all. I love sports. I still like sports, but I, I love sports. And that's all I read. And I was like, I don't even read. I'm a math guy. Right? Right? <laughs> but God will use you in a mighty way, but you've got to be willing and trust God. Why would you trust God? He saved you. He saved you. Right? He saved you. I want to finish this in context, verse 9, going back to Isaiah, and he says, and he said, go and tell the people. God responds what we always say for those who are willing to say, here I am, Lord, use me. He'll say, go. If you notice, he didn't say, here I am, where are we going, Lord? (laughs) Is it going to hurt, Lord? (laughs) And how about next week, Lord? He, He said, go, and he went. That's what we need to know. We need to go. We need to go. Mark sixteen fifteen says, and he said to them, Go into the world and preach the gospel to every creature. We need to go. And whatever your gift is, whatever that gift is, ask the Lord. If you don't know, pray with one of the leaders, pray with us, we, you'll know. Because he's given all authority. We're gonna be going into the the, the gifts of the Holy Spirit. It's a nice tie in. And it's funny I didn't know about that he was gonna do it next week. But uh, it's an awesome thing to see what the Lord's gonna do in our church. Don't think you're disqualified. Please, don't think you're disqualified. Mm-hmm. God wants to use you so that they're going to say, him? Her? Mm-hmm. Yes, God. Amen? Amen. Let's, let's pray. Father, we thank you, Lord, for your grace and your love and your mercy. And we thank you, Lord, that you're touching our church to be able to go out and seek the lost, to re- preach to the lost. Father, we just thank you, God, that, that you will you, you're, you're, you're so faithful in that you, your word, as your word says, when you go forward nothing can stop what you want to do. But Lord, I know we know that you just want someone to say, here I am. Lord, give us the heart to say, here I am, Lord, use me. Use our church for your glory in this community, Father God. Father, we know times will come to the end and we know that you, don't want, you want all to repent and be with you. We just saw this vision of heaven. We just want to share it with others. There's a better, there's, there's, a, it's, it's, there's a beautiful future ahead. Father, bless our church. Pray, I pray that we pray that the Holy, that we just know that the Holy Spirit will guide and lead us for your glory. And Lord, we do want to pray for those, our brothers and sisters who have not been in church. We just pray that they come, that we can reach out to them. And we pray for a, a beautiful vision of where you want us to go. Because we know, Lord, with 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 you, uh, with you guiding, can't be wrong. We praise in Jesus' name. Amen.